Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7flmerch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like. Welcome to the self-proclaimed second-best podcast of the A7FL. Phil. This is the A7FL's The Other Side of the Ball. I am the host of this show, Casey Cox, alongside me, the division owner of Nevada, Double D, Derek Duncan. How are you doing tonight, Derek? Well, Casey, I, all things considered, I can tell you that I'm doing better than I probably should be, but uh, there's a lot of things that have obviously been happening around Vegas with uh, people close to us in situations, people passing and things of that nature, but we're keeping it upbeat. Absolutely. Doing everything we can to help the, those in need in, the, in those situations and keep it moving as best possible so everybody can stay positive. So uh, thank you for asking. I appreciate you checking on me. How's things going on your side? Hey, I mean, I couldn't be any better with the circumstances around us as a, as a division. Um, and I'm just ready to get back to this podcast and, and welcome in these wonderful people if you want to go ahead with that. Yeah, so I want to start by introducing one of my absolute best friends and longest known friends and the commissioner of the A7FL Vegas division. Uh, he's a guy that's helped us tremendously on the field and off the field with assets and uh, with all his connections and talking to our referees. And we're looking at making him a permanent guest on the other side of the ball. My good friend, Mr. Chris Vera. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Welcome aboard. Casey, appreciate that too. It's um, great to be on the podcast and I can't wait to uh, dive in with some of the guests that we have and uh, talking football because as Derek will tell you, it's one of my absolute favorite things to do. Thank you for that. Also with us tonight, we have a dude that helped me out tremendously when I was down at the Tampa Flag, Champ- Flag World Championship Series, the Florida division manager just an all-around good dude nick alimo how you doing tonight Nick? nick i'm good man thanks for having me on here tonight appreciate it thanks for being here and then last and certainly not least uh a gentleman that i just had the pleasure of chopping it up with we'll say on facebook and the florida division chat uh he saw me as a7FL Reno and we got into a little bit of a heated discussion but it was all about why we didn't have some of the better representatives for Florida on either of the podcasts so we invited him on tonight to be that representative Woody Ness Charles how you doing tonight brother hey what's going on fellas welcome to the podcast no I appreciate y'all having me Appreciate you being here and taking some time out of your day. I appreciate all you guys. I know uh, it's not easy to carve out 60 to 90 minutes in the middle of a night when you got families at home and things of that nature, or if you're like Nick and in the middle of the job, 
but I, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedules to spend some time with us to help grow this brand, to get our guys elevated to the level that we all want. So everybody starts making that cheddar the right way. So I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we have traditionally used the other side of the ball podcast to talk about West coast issues and respond to the things that are happening out East. But we're also understanding that Florida and Ohio isn't getting the same level of, I guess, attention, not to the fault of the league, but because we're newer, we're still developing our TV, our TV readiness isn't as strong as New Jersey and Maryland who have been doing this for nine years. So as a result, the guys who do the broadcast don't know as much about us as they do the guys that they've been watching and playing against for the last 13 years or however long that is. So uh, with that, I want to start with both Nick and Woody to bring in the conversation that was being had on Facebook and is being had quite a bit in the various podcasts. And let's talk about the Florida division. There was conversations on multiple podcasts now, and primarily from Big Rob Fabian, as they call him, Bachata Bob, who, in my opinion, has been, I'll just say it plainly, and I know that he's going to talk shit about me down the road, but talking out of both sides of his mouth about what Florida is doing, what specifically what Vegas isn't doing, and how, in his own words, trash the Vegas division is. So with the Florida division, I'm looking to hear from Woody and Nick what makes Florida so much better than Vegas, number one. And we'll start there. I don't want to put out too many questions. Let's start there. What makes Florida so much better than Vegas? Hey, Woody, you want to go first or you want me to say something? Yeah, you go You go right ahead. Man. I'm, I'm, well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, yeah, we're better than Vegas. But if you look – around you know just the talent level alone that florida has that could be you know it's it starts with guys playing flag guys playing semi-pro Derek. you know you, you came down here for the flag world championships you saw the talent the amount of talent that florida has in general so i think us being able to pull all these guys together you know and come together and that really elevated us down here in florida and uh i think that could just be what gives us the step ahead. And um, I think we have a season on you guys. Do we? Is that is do we have a whole whole a whole season on you guys? Are you guys going into year three, two, or no, we're going into year two. Yeah, we're going into season three, too. So even that whole extra year, that 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 could also, you know, be a major factor on um, you know, a couple of things. But I I, I wouldn't take it as far as saying that where better than you guys like that per se per se but um you know just like the talent around us like uh guys like bagway guys like Deontay you know what I mean like um it's 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 good talent and you know there's loads of it down here so yeah and I don't disagree with that at all Nick I would say that if you guys didn't have more talent in the state of Florida than we do in the state of Nevada the fact that you guys have 10 times the population that we do in the state of Nevada, it would be crazy for you not to have 10 times the talent, right? It just doesn't work right. like that. So I, I, I got nothing to say negative about that. Florida should have way more talent than Vegas does. We'll just, we'll just leave that there. Woody, what's, what's your thoughts? I think there's a, I agree with what uh, Nick said, obviously 
with the fact that, you know, flag is so prevalent here. Semi-pro is like a whole nother way of life, kind of like it is in Jersey. Um, I think the point that Nick might have missed was also some of the veteran leadership that we have or just veteran players. I know on Nick's team alone, I know you have Marcus Bishop who played up in New Jersey as well. Someone that's played in the league in A7 up in Jersey. Um, A team has Terrell Mitchell. I hope that's his last name. I hope I said it right. Um, Terrell, he's someone that's played multiple years, won championships um, when PA was in the league. And then myself, who actually owned and ran the team back before A7 was called A7 uh, back in 2009. So we kind of have um, a leg up there because we have guys that truly understand the league and the game and how it's played spread across the teams that's down here in more of um, kind of like leadership positions. I will unofficially say I'm the Orlando Ghost. I'm the team president. Um, I know Marcus is somebody that people listen to on his team and Terrell was helping run the A team as well. So I think that's one of those things that really end the season, like Nick said, is something that put us maybe, I want to say a step ahead of you guys in, in Vegas. Um, but like Nick said, I wouldn't say, oh yeah, we're better than you guys like that. Just cause I just out of respect for you guys. Hey, look, I appreciate that. You know, we're always looking to, I guess, getting people shorts a little bit so they can throw some, throw some heat. But I think as everybody that we've come in touch with, that is actually really about this league. Every time we talk to them, there's a lot of shade being thrown around online, but we get face to face and start talking. It's all love. It's all respect. And Woody, I appreciate even though we were having some contentious conversation on Facebook, you know, now that we're here, the real talk comes out. Uh, so, and thank you for that. I, and I got mad respect for you guys. And Nick will tell you the type of dude I am and, and what we done. And by the way, Nick, I found your damn remote for your TV. I need to send it to you. Uh, that's all right, man. <laughs> all right. I got cool. a universal one already. <laughs> all right, cool, cool. I'll, I'll keep can we speak? <laughs> Not to interrupt you. Can we speak about that on Facebook? I know it's like a little silly, frivolous conversation. I don't want to take over your show. Oh, but, um, that's what we're here for go for it. okay so even so even with that situation i think what it was is i was already kind of like worn out from the conversation because i had already said what i said um when i was given my opinion on the representation for florida that's kind of my thing um i just want i, I feel like we're already kind of even for both divisions we're kind of the redheaded stepchild you know we're new they they don't kind of take us seriously it wasn't until um Bagway and them went up there and shocked the uh, up north team that they started to take us serious because 18 went up there, went against the U and got pounced. So we looked, you know, we looked crazy. Let's just call, you know, spade a spade. We went up there, we looked crazy. 18 went up there our first year, talked trash to the U and I what, man, almost 80 points put on them. Right. Um, yeah, well, and then what first was the final in that game? A lot to a little. Um, I think they only little. took. I think the only score. Your, your boy uh, Rashad Davis was the only one who scored a touchdown. Yeah, it was about was it seventy something. <laughs> yeah, it was seventy something to six. Um, okay. yep. I think it was a return. Yep. Yeah, it was. A, it was. Where's Ryan, key? Where he lost his pants. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Ryan DePaul and another conversation we were having. Ryan, the, the the developer of the league and the guy who started this whole thing. Uh, in another conversation we were having, he thought that Rashad scored two touchdowns that day, but I think I've heard more people one. say it was just one. So it was yeah, just one. So, well, all of Florida, right. all of Florida seven was tuned in to that game. So I'll say again, it wasn't until Bagway and them went up there and and shocked the up north team that we started to get a little bit of respect. So that's why I was already on edge as to, all right, why are these the guys that were represented? And I said it not it really meaning no disrespect to them, even though there was tiny maybe okay like a tiny little bit of disrespect to Devon. 
I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to come up here and lie. Um, but it wasn't more towards the host because you get, because, you know, you get what you get as far as guests. But for the guy from the Orange to not have really have a roster, what was his input in that conversation, really? If he's going there to talk about his team, he doesn't really have a team to talk about. So how are you a representative of A7FL Florida on top of the fact that you're not someone who's been around for those first three seasons? And then for Devon to go up there and kind of contradict himself at times when they say, you know, oh, I lost players, a bunch of irrelevant guys left my team. And then they ask him, hey, so who's some people to watch out for in, um, in A7FL Florida? And you then go on to name those people that you just called irrelevant. To me, it just like we looked like a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like just to call a spade a spade, we looked like a joke. So that's why I was just like, I just wish that if they would have asked a crawler, someone from the night crawlers, or someone from the ghosts from the first and second place team last year, or to toot our horn a little bit, where the team has been in the championship every, you know, Florida division championship game back to back. So that shows consistency. Granted, we lost both times, but you know, ask a team that's a little bit more like steady ask a team that actually went up there and did something not the team that won the first year and got whooped and then ended in last place last year so yeah and, and that's absolutely fair so what he, for the people who don't follow the florida division quite the way we would want everyone to because we're not the nfl yet right i'm just yeah. gonna break it down for for those of the, that are listening on the west coast that don't know the history so 2021 a team wins the Florida championship and is invited to play in the final four and gets smacked by the U. We just talked about like 70 to seven. The following year was last year. Is that right? And, yeah, last season. Yeah, correct. I know that the Nightcrawlers had rare breed beat and lost because of yeah. some antics towards <laughs> the end of the game. But what I don't know is the path for the Nightcrawlers to get the opportunity to play the rare breed. Did you guys beat somebody else? In a, did, did Florida beat somebody else in a playoff for the opportunity to play the rare breed? What, did, what was that? Yep. Yeah, so we actually had um, – we actually went and played rare breed up in Baltimore, I believe, or Delaware it was. But Delaware. prior to that, they had um, – flew down the buzz. So the week before we played the buzz, to, it was considered a playoff game. We beat gotcha. them and then flew up and played rare breed but prior to that prior to playing the buzz prior to playing rare breed we had our divisional championship between um was it the ghost and uh the night crawlers so that's what yeah. led that path all right so thank you for clearing that up i do remember the game against the buzz but but because it didn't happen in jersey or delaware i forgot i'll be honest that it was a playoff game so you guys actually beat a strong what we would call maryland division representative in the buzz a, a team that people are looking at as a top 10 contender last season so the night crawlers beat them first before they almost beat the rare breed right uh, uh, on our side just to get everybody else up to speed we the force one of the the west coast representative out of vegas beat the previous west coast division champion of the las vegas the la aces and the force mm -hmm. then traveled to new jersey beat the snow tribe and then came back the following week and got worked by BIC. I think the final score was 63 to 19. So taking that comparison of Nevada's very first year 
beating a playoff team in game one and then having a more respectable showing with the final score than Florida had in their first playoff iteration. Knowing that history, Nick, Woody, and understanding what Nevada was capable of doing in their, in their inaugural season and understanding that history, does that give you guys a different outlook on the potential of Vegas moving forward? That's kind of what we're looking at out West. I'll go first this time, Nick. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll answer your question. I hate to answer a question with a question, but to give context, what was your travel accommodations like? Uh, well, the <laughs> first time they were fantastic. Wow. We had two weeks to plan for them. We got 28 people on an airplane. We're able to get in the day before. We're able to do walkthroughs and, you know, kind of had about 12 hours shorter than what I would have liked to have for setup for them to take on the, the snow tribe for their very first playoff game. And by my account, they dominated that game. It was close. And in, in the first, like we all talk about, when you don't know your opponent, you spend the first quarter or two jabbing, getting your range before you go in for the kill. And at that point, the force ran away with the game is 33-12 was the final. The so, very next week, mm-hmm. after flying back Sunday night, the very next week had to come back Saturday and try to get everybody back and didn't have the, the same flights available to us to go mm-hmm. to Delaware because that's not a really great and easy place to get to. We had guys that were flying in the morning of, guys that uh, came in the night before. We weren't able to get walkthroughs. And uh, by my fault, weren't able to get good enough accommodations to get everybody in a spot where they could sleep. So I do sleeping on floors and blankets and shit like that, which I take full responsibility for not putting the force in the best light. So the accommodations were not what a travel ball team should be. Okay, so so with that being said, um, it seems as though when your travel accommodations were kind of, and this <laughs> to me is going to feel it, this feels icky because it feels like I'm giving I'm shooting some bail to to the A team, and that's not something that I do. <laughs> we have a bit of a rivalry between the Ghosts and the A team, but that's all right. You represent Florida. You take care of your boys. Yeah, I'm 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 going to only because it's 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 technically the right thing to do. As much as I like want to hit on those guys, I I'm gonna be real. When they traveled up there, Nick can attest to it because I think Nick was actually one of the people that traveled up with them. Um, I'm not sure what your personal accommodations were, but the majority of the guys that traveled with the A-team, Rashad Davis included, I believe he probably told you guys about this, he actually got into a car accident on his way up because we drove. Not we. They drove from Florida to New Jersey. And I believe it was maybe on the same day or the night before um stuck in a car then you know in a van i believe it was to new jersey to then play it wasn't no flying being there the day before getting a walk through those kind of things were not existent for them <laughs> so it seems as though when you guys kind of had a similar accommodation as a team did got similar results so whereas i do want to give you guys mm-hmm. your credit for getting that win against snow tribe it seemed like when it was a little bit more balanced you were able to travel well y'all were able to get that win Seeing as though DC Buzz came to us, they had proper travel and they came down and they played. That's, you know, and not taking anything from the crawlers, but you see what happens when you have more, you know, you have your players there. So you guys had similar aspects, you know, similar results when the travel was together. When the travel wasn't together, similar results again as the A team. But 
you guys were playing a tough BIC team, one of the best teams in the league, just like when they were playing the 18, uh, they were playing the U, which is another one of the best play, uh, teams in the Hayes NFL complete, uh, entirely. So, all right. So now that you that asked, your, you answered your that question with asking the question. So, so now let's go back to my original question. With all that being said, how do you feel about Nevada, Vegas specifically, or the West Coast having a better chance of representing themselves in a better light next season, knowing that after your first season, you got the, the Florida division didn't have a great showing second season a similar showing to what Vegas had in their first season by beating the first team, losing to the second team, except for you guys had a much better showing against that second team because Florida should have won that game. But let's be real. So with that being said, I, I want to understand what your guys' perception of what the potential for the West Coast looks like knowing how that all went down. So I, I think the potential is there for sure. Um, obviously you guys learn from your mistakes that were made between those accommodations and, you know, you, you know what you're looking into now, um, with wage travel goes and how hard it could be to get guys up there. So knowing that, um, what you've been through, you know, just like Florida, knowing what we've been through, learning from our mistakes, it definitely gives you guys a lot more potential to, uh, get even farther than you guys did last season, just because of that because now you know what you gotta do now you know how it is you know what I mean it's like it's like you know trying to trying to get guys up there is hard so um I feel like just just that just that knowing on how to go about it is is you know gonna give you guys that leap for sure all right well you you guys are saying feeling the same thing we are and I appreciate that what did you have some more comment for it or Chris Oh, yeah, no, I was kind of curious. Just, just a question to both of you guys, because I'm, you know, sitting back listening, and and I didn't know, I didn't hear about the uh, the beef online um, on Facebook, which I wish I would have been involved in, but that's all right. I'll get involved in that next time. Um, <laughs> so, but, friend requests the Florida uh, A7 group. It, it's a, it's a real good time in there to sit back and watch it go down. <laughs> I will definitely do that because I gotta I gotta see what's going on in that. But my question to both of you guys, you know, when when we talk about talent from city to city and state to state. And I agree with Derek, you know, you guys have a lot more people, um, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. What I will say is, would you guys agree that <clears throat> just like anything else, it takes a little bit of time for teams to get acclimated into uh, the A7 rules and really understand that and be able to exploit the rules the way they should and play the game the way it's necessary to continuously win at this level? I mean, w- would you agree with that? Well, I'll speak for, for my team. I know for sure that's something that's that definitely is a learning curve. Um, it's something that I personally made sure that I hammered home with them. Again, seeing as though I kind of went through this kind of formula myself um, in Jersey already. And that's why I said, like, the thing about Florida is not only do we have the talent, but spread across the teams, at least three of the four teams are bona fide players that have played multiple years. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure about Mark Bishop, I know myself, I might be the only one out of the three to not win a championship. Um, but the other two, I think, I believe, have won championships in the league before. So we have guys that understand the rules and that then try to, like, try to help with that learning curve. Because like you said, for sure, that learning curve is there. Just knowing your tight ends have to raise their hands and declare themselves or they can't go out. You know, just something simple as that. 
on the defense, you keen in on that, seeing, oh, he didn't raise his hand, he can't go for a pass, so I don't even got to worry about him. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you might free up a rusher. Certain things like that that you take advantage of. I know I'm giving away a little free game, but, you know, no, that's just no, something. You're, you're good, you're good. That's yeah, the reason that's why I'm a... asking that is, is to a follow-up follow question, which is simply this. If you have to take – if it takes time to get acclimated to really play, and I know that um, other teams are throwing shade at Vegas and, you know, saying whatever they want about us, which is fine. We got to prove ourselves, and I agree with Derek. Um Proof is always going to be in the pudding. But I think the one thing that you guys are overlooking, or maybe you're taking notice, and that's why you're throwing the shade, is the fact that you had a Vegas team in their first year playing East Coast teams and actually beating one. So the question becomes, where do we go from here? Because as we get to be better in the A7FL rules, is it something that maybe teams like yours um, and other teams in Florida and even back east will start to take notice of the Vegas teams because of the way we're doing it and because we came out in that first year and did what we did. And let, let's see what happens in the second year. But, I mean, is it something that maybe that's uh, part of the reason we're seeing what we're seeing now? You want to take that one, Nick? Yeah, so I'll, I would say that being that, you know, the rules are the rules. Obviously, you guys got to learn them and, you know, get used to them. I, I feel like teams will, like, their chemistry together and the and that rule book will all just, like, form together over time. Like what you said, it's just going to take time because you, you don't just learn something overnight, you know. There's going to be guys that still, you know, make mistakes on the field, you know, um, get called, penalties, whatever. But, you know, it all goes back to, you know, reading that rule book, understanding the rules. I can say something about the Nightcrawlers, the fact that they weren't really down with the rules. You know, they were just going out there and balling. They weren't really, you know, thinking of the rules, okay, this, that, the other. You know, so I could say that's probably a reason why they lost to Rare Breed because, you know, the rules of this game, you know, understanding the rules of this game, what you can do, what you can't do. That is what's going to win you these games. So, yeah, definitely learning the rules of the game is going to um, help you guys for the future for sure. So that's just my opinion. Well, if I, I, could, I, like, I, I could appreciate that. I mean, I, I think that that is something to be said, uh, you know, no matter what uh, type of football you're playing. Look, I'm going right? to jump in right. real quick because the reason the Nightcrawlers lost that game was not because of rules. It was because of bad football IQ from a guy who's ultra-talented but didn't understand that he needed to run the clock out and ran right. the ball out of bounds to stop the clock. That well, that's what I'm saying <laughs> with the rules. You, you would think, you know, some, some people might've thought that, you know, you, like what you're saying. Yeah. Rules are rules. You, you run the clock out or not, you know what I mean? So it's, it's part of the rules. So again, well, I, mean, I hate, I hate to be throwing bail. Oh no, go ahead. No, 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 you could, you could. The, the reason why I brought that up is, is because I think that, as we um, start to play through these games and Vegas starts to get a better understanding of who they are and what they are. Um, it is something that, you know, people will stand up and take notice of, but I also know from playing in the flag league uh, in Vegas for 20 years, I know that I've played on teams that people looked at and said, Oh, you guys are nothing. And we win championships. So it is, 
hey, 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 don't don't age me, okay? Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where, we mark, you know, it's fine for us because we, we kind of sit back and we say, okay, great. You know, being the underdog isn't a bad thing. Understanding that you're the underdog and understanding what you truly are can actually make you play much better um, when you're playing up to the expectations of a team rather than down to them. And so when I see some of the teams and I watch the games, I watch the games that were played. I saw um, what some of these teams are about and, you know, they've been playing together for a while and they understand the rules. So what I'm saying is for us to be able to do this in year one um, and some of these guys have been playing, I don't, I, I won't sit here and pretend like I know how long teams in Maryland and, and back East have been playing this game, but Woody, you said you've been doing this since 09. I mean, here we are in 2022, and we just had our first season, and we're getting ready for our second. It kind of makes me think that we're in the we're right where we need to be, and really on the cusp of becoming uh, a division that people should stand up and take notice of. Well, yeah, I'll say that. Exactly. I'll say to that for sure. What for me being. I like to consider myself a bit of a historian of the game. Like I know from, like I said, I've been there since we we're getting kicked off of parks. Me and Matt, me and Ryan DePaul, like I, I played against him. Like, you know, he's playing quarterback on his team. I'm playing, you know, wide receiver and corner on my team. Like, so I've, I've Rob, I've played against Rob. I've played against a lot, all the legends of these games. I've played against, you know, King STs. I played against Moose Spit. And for those, you guys may not know those names, but for anyone back East that's listened to those, they know who those guys are. Those are absolute, I'm naming goats right now. Um, so for you guys to come in, in your second, in your uh, first season and, and play the way that you guys played and beat a team that's um, a playoff team that you guys are definitely ahead of the curve. Don't get me wrong. Um, part of it, you know, they're, they're going to say part of it is, Oh, they didn't know uh, snow tribe is really one of the top teams. They can say all that all they want. Um, that's the credit that's due to you guys because you guys went and did it because at the end of the day, but the thing about Jersey and those Northeast teams for sure is they won't respect you until you win it. Um, that's kind of the thing. They're going to shit on you guys. Like, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on here, but um, that's just what's going to happen. Curse all you want. <clears throat> well, okay. and so Woody, that's, the, that's kind of the point. So yeah, and thank you for bringing that. that point. I'm going right. to pile on to exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. So here's the drama that we have. So, when I started this show saying Big Rock talking out of both sides of his mouth, what I meant was he's not going to give them respect until they win a game. But he's putting the yeah. Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers at number three after losing a game. And when, putting right. them mm -hmm. in his preseason top poll, preseason poll at number three after losing a game, which I think they belong there. I'm not trying to say anything bad about that, but what he's not doing is giving Vegas the same amount of respect about their mm -hmm. potential for increasing themselves mm -hmm. and getting better the next season. Like we're stuck. Like what we did was the best we'll ever be. We're not going to go try to recruit and find better players and come back as a better squad. Here's what we are is what we're always going to be. And, and we suck and we're trash according to big Rob. And I say, well, and that's, I say that's bullshit. You're not paying attention to what's right. happening in Vegas, even right. though we are doing this podcast and telling you, all the things that we're bringing to the brand, you still want to say we ain't shit. I cannot wait till we get well, the chance to have a Vegas team smack the shit out of somebody for Rob to go, oh, my bad. Here, take my CVS right. receipt. Burn that shit because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And, and well, I think, I I was think there, sometimes say, like, that's what you got to do, right? You got to step up and smack them in the face for them to pay mm -hmm. attention to you. And that's, exactly. I think, exactly what we need to do. 
And that's what up, we're going to do. Smack just, him in the face just, and look yeah. him right dead yep. in the eye and say, now what? Right. Casey? Yeah. I was going to say, I think part of a big Rob throwing the shade and saying, oh, Vegas ain't shit. They're not that good. Da, 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 da. And we hear him say it week after week. I think part of that is because he's scared that the West Coast is going to come to the East Coast and we are going to win it and we are going to prove what we have. And then he is going to have to shut his mouth. I mean, that's just, we're going to let our field talk do the talking for us. We're not going to talk about it we're going to be about it so you guys have to remember um season one florida had no respect at all we weren't talked about like the way rob saying oh put night crawlers at three that that was like our first season we were laughed at so it's like you guys really are like like uh you know a step above i would say because you know you guys got to remember this your first season snow tribe they had players playing for who knows how long and y'all beat them. So that definitely is potential there. And, you know, well, that's why I say I, I think of. people on the East Coast are scared of us. Well, not East Coast, just, and I don't just, think they're scared. Well, the Jersey. You, you're entitled to your East Coast, but... <laughs> Look, so I'm going to shift the conversation to a conversation we had with some other folks uh, last time. So, Woody, Nick, I want to know from the teams that you guys know that are constructed, let's talk about the Ghost and that, uh, and, I guess we'll talk about the night crawlers because we don't know what the A team is going to be. We don't know what the orange is going to be quite yet. Mm -hmm. If the night crawlers played in the Jersey division and had to play those a season against those teams in a eight game season, mm -hmm. what do you think the night crawler record would be against Jersey? Uh, no, <laughs> go ahead. No. Nick, go ahead. Well, you know, honestly, I think the Nightcrawlers are beating every team besides BIC and the U. Um, it's going to be a battle between the two of them. Now, now, now that's if we have all of our players there accommodated. You know what I mean? Like in the in the division, living in that state. You know what I mean? That's that's having those accommodations. I'd say we, you know, put up good a good game between BIC and the U. I would say that. Um, an exact record. There's a what? Uh, Center saying there's a, a nine nine game regular season. Sure, so, let's call it nine games. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me six and three, just because we might have one game where we might f it up. But that's what I would say. All right, Woody, what's your opinion? That's tough. Um, I think I would. I think I'm. A, I'm. A, I hate to agree with Nick. God damn it, I hate it. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm. Right, He's a good dude. Okay. No, 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 no. But no, no. Me and Nick. Me and Nick, Nick knows how. I do. Nick knows how I am with Nick. Nick knows. Okay. Nick knows. <laughs> me and Nick are great. Me and Nick are great. But I hate to agree good, with good. Nick. He's no, no. Nick's amazing. But uh, I don't like to get on here and, and agree. Just oh yeah, I agree with everything. But six and three is like seems like you know they're going to be a step behind BIC and the U just because I just think those guys are just they're just moving at a different pace right now. Um, and that's just being honest. I think that they will go in and they will go into that division. Like Nick said, in a vacuum, in a bubble, everything level playing field. I think they would go up there and be a competitive team. And I'm going to say the same thing about my team. I think if you give me consistently all my players and moving like that, I think we're right there with them as well, for sure. So I, I think six and three is a very accurate um, record for the Nightcrawlers. And you think the same of the ghost? Because that was my follow-up question. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If you give me every one of my players, you give me me there every week, calling plays and doing what I do with the team. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, 
same scenario. Let, not that same scenario. Let's just talk about next season based on what you're bringing to the table and what you know the Nightcrawlers are doing. You guys are going to play each other twice. What's that, in your opinion, what do you think the season record is going to look like? And if you guys go and play against each other in the Florida Championship, who wins that and goes on to the playoffs next season? I'll, I'll go I'll go first, Nick. I think it's going to be a repeat. In my opinion, I think it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be the same matchup, us versus them back in the Florida Championship. Um, season, I think we, did we split last year? Is either the we, record? No, no, regular season. We beat them twice regular season. We lost to them in the championship game. Um, oh, I think no this shit. season. Yeah, I think this season we mm-hmm. um I think this season we probably split it. We'll probably lose the away game. I just it's just hard to travel out there and get everyone there. Um but we may split and then we play again in the championship. Okay, and that's interesting. Let, let, let me rewind real quick. So you guys are actually in Orlando and have to travel to Tampa for those games? Absolutely. And we, that is what, like 45 minutes to an hour? What, what's the time? <laughs> no. Uh, about an hour and a half. So we were playing in St. Pete. We were playing in St. Pete, not even or uh, not even in Tampa. So it, it would add a whole extra hour on top of that. So, so and then it was the same for um, us. We would go to Orlando whenever the games would be in the Orlando venue. So it'd just be back and forth, really. I, I, and that's the, kind of the thing about Florida, which I think doesn't get talked on, and points that were missed in other podcasts. Why I was kind of frustrated about it. That's the thing about. Florida's like so spaced out because we're still talking about Florida, A7F Florida, and we haven't even touched South Florida yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're just talking about Central Florida. We're not right. even talking about some of these, you know, speed demons they got down in Miami. Or and, even North Florida. There, or, or even up North, up the big boys right. that they have up there in Pensacola and Tallahassee. Like, we're not right. even talking about the panhandle. So we're just talking about Central Florida talent. And it's like, things are so spaced out here. That's the difference, I feel like, between Jersey and like Jersey, you got guys, you go 45 minutes to the left, to the right. You got guys everywhere playing. Here, things are so spaced out. It's hard. Like these away games are tough. And then you add like the fact that people have lives outside of this. Like A7 isn't what we do for a living. You know, you, people got families, people got wives, kids, jobs, thing, responsibilities, other things. And just life comes up. So these away games are really, really tough here in Florida. And sometimes that's just how it swings is just who's got who on that day. So, I mean, obviously you guys have probably thought about this already, but Nick, is there not a centrally located field between Tampa and Orlando that could be the home field for mm. all players? So everybody has the same trek or a similar trek every week and it becomes commonplace. Yeah. So we've tried looking for something like that. That's, you know, middle ground for everybody, but it's just, there's nothing to where we could rent it out. So it's either, but there is good news for next season that we won't be in St. Pete. We're going to be uh, in Tampa. So it's going to be closer for the Orlando guys when they do have to come. That's good news. But yeah, like uh, one of the places I was looking at was like in Lakeland, but even then, you know, still kind of far between the two people. Might as well just do home games here, home games there when we can. So we split it up evenly, try to make it fair. So so do you guys have a situation where all the games are played in, Tampa, in St. P1 game and all the games are played in Orlando, or are you split up with two having to run two fields sometimes? No, no, no. So we'll do a whole day at one venue. So we'll have okay. a two, yeah, two games slate, you know what I mean? So we'll yeah. have a game at one and a game at four. I'm there all day. So, um, 
and then you know and then vice versa we'll do it in orlando be there all day so but, yeah uh, so so that was rough for us last season as well so we we because we only had three teams and la only had two teams we had to travel back and forth between la mm-hmm. which you guys don't know is on a bus four and a half to five hours and uh, it, on any other day besides sunday it's four and a half to five hours on sunday it's six to nine hours because everybody lives in la that came up to vegas for the weekend because vegas is a better place to be on the weekend than la drive back <laughs> to la on sunday afternoon or sunday morning when they have to check out the hotel rooms and traffic is stop and go Jesus. for 260 miles the entire way so yeah I understand what you guys are dealing with and mm-hmm. you know, and our guys had to leave at five o'clock in the morning to make a one o'clock game. Like it was awful, but you know, it's the card you dealt and we didn't do, and our guys didn't do very good in California until the force went to play their championship game against the aces in California. And everybody got on the bus at the right time, traveled the right way. So we had that practice and, understood what it took to get down there and it, it kind of worked out the way it needed yeah. to. Yeah, growing pains for sure. I know last year, last season, we had the orange um, folded for the season and he took the season off and we had to play the two Ohio teams. So those mm-hmm. were like Saturday games instead of playing on Sundays. And some people, especially on my team, I can spit for, speak for my team. We had players that they're committed. So they got their work schedule changed to have Sundays off. Right. And then the schedule comes out and it's like, what's all these Saturday games, you know? Right, so right, right. we have to accommodate for going to Ohio to play, which again is then us getting in a bus. And I, for, I believe it was like 18 hours. Um, oh, good Lord. Yeah, right, Nick? It was like 18 hours? Oh, yeah. 18 hours. Oh, and I half. don't know that backstory. You guys took a bus to Ohio to play uh, Ohio. Cars. We took cars. cars. Not, even a, yeah. not even a bus. Not even a bus. bus. Damn. A car. So it was like some people got SUVs. Like I knew one player on my team was- stepped up. Cramp, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm we sorry. did that. We had to do that. And then they vice versa. I don't know how they got here, but I know they had to come out here. Um, and it was the same thing for them. But then the games were switched to Saturdays, which then made made you miss players because there's some guys that have to work that day. And they got their schedule changed thinking before the season. Because I was telling my guys, hey, before the season starts, go ahead. And whatever you got to do to get your Sundays off, start doing it now. And I have some guys that work at Disney, some guys that work at Universal, different places like that, that got their schedules changed to be off on Sundays. And, you know, then we had to play on Saturdays. So it was, well, it, was it was a really tough uh, season last season. Well, the good yeah. news is the league has kind of heard all of us and has done everything that they can within their power to remove all that drama for next season. So basically they're making sure it's a four team division in every area i can't say city because you guys are split up but in every area so that your your only travel is going to be within your little area for the regular season mm-hmm. and you won't have to travel until you ha- you get picked for a crossover game and right. or you have to travel for a playoff game so at least that's good news for all of us like vegas we, we we're going to have eight teams so we're going to have two four team divisions and we'll be able to do crossover within the city and then the champions will come out of the two divisions. The top two from each division will play each other, and that will be our our, our division winning. You just said eight teams in the Vegas area alone. Yeah, dog. We, look, that. So wow. the part that everybody's <laughs> yeah. missing, and why they say Vegas is doing it the the and organizing better, is we really are pushing the envelope, man. We've got four, eight teams in Vegas, 
four teams in Reno. So Nevada will have 12 teams next season. Oh, wow. That's major news. That's it is. That's great. But but the the challenge is there's an opportunity for our talent to be watered down. So we are the the smallest, the the least populous state in A7FL. And we're going to have the most teams in A7FL. That is a bad combination on paper. We will see what it looks like through the fall to see if these guys are ballers or not and how they compete against some of the top teams that are coming back to play our fall season. So the pit bosses and the insomniacs are repeats from, from the spring. The force has taken the fall off and half of their guys are going to play on other rosters. So we'll be able to get a good gauge of what it looks like with the fall season, but we won't really know what's up until we hit the spring. And then right. Reno is an absolute anomaly. 90% of the guys in Reno are actually coming out of the Sacramento area. So yes, we have I no idea what Reno is going to look like. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, mean, I think that what's great about this conversation, I'll say this guys is I like the fact that we have guys that are like, kind of like organizers here. So you guys kind of understand, like, I guess you get more of a, a, a micro understanding or view of how this thing goes and how it moves and how it's shaken. And just you guys doing that. And even seeing the fact that there is that opportunity for your like talent to get watered down. That's exactly what I thought. Of. Mm-hmm. As soon as you said that, that's what I was like eight teams in just that area alone. Cause I have a brother that lives out there and I think he was actually going to play on the pit bosses. Okay. I think, was gonna, I think he was going to play on the pit boss. My brother lives out there in Vegas. And um, so I might be out there for a game or two, honestly, um, just going out there to visit him. And, and, cleats. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> listen, they, they go, I'll you game. Right. They, they they go where I go, so right. <laughs> I bring that. And Nick can tell you, my cleats and my loud mouth—they follow me wherever I go. Right. Well, you, <laughs> <laughs> look, hey, look, you've been so cool, though. I can say you may not need your mouthpiece, but based on how this conversation is going, but bring it anyway, just in case. I'm just saying. Oh, no, no, no. It's, 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 that's it. That's, it is. Listen, all all it all it takes is one short joke, and I'm out there. I promise you. That's what it does. It's one short joke. So, all right, yeah. Well, Woody, how tall are you? A five four. A five four. Five, I've been four, five four receiver. Five four. We got Tyree Hill in the house. I'm telling you, that's <laughs> <laughs> so it was Steve Smith Senior. senior. That's that that was who I battered yeah, my game no, after. That's no. I'm a little bit older, hey. so it's not Tariq, it's more Steve Smith Senior. I like to play on the outside. Don't give don't put me in the slot. I feel like that's rude. Put me out yeah. wide and I've run the entire route, Tariq. No disrespect to Tariq, of course, but <laughs> and, I, I so, I will go on record right now. Steve Smith Jr., Steve Smith Sr., and Heinz Ward, my two favorite receivers of all time, just because they were nasty, gritty. They will block you and tear you up and blindside you. And I, yes. I just love that shit. So See, I doing it. Right. As a why, as a Baltimore Ravens fan, I, you lost me at Heinz Ward. I'm sorry. <laughs> but look, hey, you, you gotta have respect for the dude. I mean, it's, nope. it is what it is. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hey, so sure. I have a question. I have a question. <laughs> yeah, Nick, what's um, up? I'm wondering if, if, so you're saying you're gonna have 12 teams in Nevada? Um, Nevada. Put Nevada. My name. It's, okay, it's Nevada. sorry. Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> will quickly correct that shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, 12 teams. That's crazy big number. Do you, what do you think of ever like say say you know you got you know your 12 teams, but is there a plan to consolidate those at all? Well, like, say- well look, let, let, me, let me just give you the overall view and why we've pushed so hard to make eight teams in Vegas and four teams in Reno. 
the future of this mm-hmm. league is the teams that we're all talking about right now are going to be the triple a affiliate of the professional team of the a seven FL. So when you take a look at Florida right now and the four teams, the all-stars from your four teams eventually are going to be asked to step up and become the pro team for that area and will play the pro travel schedule and be paid guys by the league or by the owners or whatever that's going to look like. Mm, So the primary reason why we're pushing so hard to get the maximum number of teams that we can have is so we can have the absolute most amount of talent to review, to overturn every stinking rock and look in every nook and cranny and find every player who is interested and is, let me just say, man enough to play this type of game and then has the skill set to play at a high level to make sure that our pro version team is the absolute best product that we out of Vegas can put on the field, period. I got you. So so we're looking at this pro season with our club level teams, and that's where we're at today, hoping that teams will rise and become the cream of the crop. And the force did that last season, and they they did real good. But they did not take an all-star team with them to play in those and to play in those playoff games like some other teams have done in the past. We, we they were they were encouraged to because they wanted you know Vegas to have the best showing possible. But Coach Mack and the Force took a look at their roster and said, "Yeah, there's some better there's some guys on in Vegas who could beat guys out on this team, but they haven't been with us all year. They don't know our plays. They don't have our camaraderie. They don't have our togetherness. If we go and lose because some guy didn't know his position." because we're all about the organization and the coaching as much as we are the talent level. Fuck us. If we lost because of that, that would be the stupidest thing. And I can, I can never put my head down on my pillow at night and be happy about what happened. I respect that. I respect that. And I was just getting ready to say in mind too, when you're talking about all these teams is that iron sharpens iron. So when you start going down these, these rosters and these teams are playing each other, here in Vegas over and over and over again, and they start to understand this game and start to get really good at this game. All of a sudden, when we're playing against ourselves, other teams from outside might not be at our level rather than us being at their level. So that's something too that Absolutely. when you're when you're talking about, you know, um, divisions that have four teams, six teams, and they're struggling you've got you've already got you know teams that are, are way above every other team in that division because there is no other iron to sharpen them right all they're doing is destroying teams so yeah, when you have point. teams that that are really but, good it, within the same division that changes things mm-hmm. yeah, oh for sure point, and Chris. i think oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Oh. go ahead Woody. No, okay. I think that's kind of the issue or i don't want to say the issue but that's kind of the dynamic that they're dealing with out there in jersey like you look at it and it's very top heavy. It's one or two. It's BIC or the U. And again, that's no disrespect to any of the teams. But if no, you're going to call a spade a spade, if you're going to call a spade yeah. a spade, they're like years ahead of it. And part of that is the fact that they accumulated a lot of the better players of, of, of the league to their teams. Like I got to tell you guys, like I'm a little bit of a historian and a little bit of like a, a, a big fan of the league just because like I've been in it since its inception. And this is where we dreamed of it going. So you think of like a player like CP3. I don't know if you guys know him. He started yes. off on um, started off on the Wolfpack. I want to say it was wrong. Not the Spank Boys, Spanktown Boys. Sorry, Spanktown. Yes. Yeah, he started on Spanktown, mm-hmm. and when he made that change to BIC, 
that was BIC's missing piece. BIC at that point went from a team that was um, always really good, always there. They were a good team. They just weren't at that level yet because back then it was the chief, Chiefs and the U. That's the big, that was the one-two punch. So now once you had, you make a shift like that, you add a player from maybe a, a newer team, you take the best player from there, and now you add them to one of these already stacked rosters, that's the shift. And I believe he maybe he took a spot, he took a, a stop in the Savage as well. But when you keep accumulating these players, like you look at the U, they get, they got these running backs, you got these big guys, and then you see them add a guy like Ice Cream Truck, who I believe started with CPU on a CPU, CP3, sorry. Started with CP3 on the Spanktown boys. Now you add him as just another back to be thrown at you. That's why the U were like that. And the U were mainly a lot of their guys, but you keep seeing these cream of the crop guys or the guys, like you say, these guys that, you know, when you comb through the rosters and find these top level guys, when all they do is join those top teams, that's what you end mm-hmm. up with you kind of end up with a top-heavy league. Mm. That thing about Florida, just to bring it back to Florida a little bit, is I feel like we're spread out at least a little bit more evenly. And when you get, like, the influx of talent that the crawlers had, that was – I Nick will tell you, I told those guys after – because we played, a, what, two games in the offseason last year? I kept mm. telling you guys are there. You guys are just missing a few pieces to be there. I looked them all in your eyes and told the man to man, like, yo – you guys are there. And Nick went out and did what he had to do and found those missing pieces, and the results were there. So, but at any level. Pieces, Bagway and Henderson? Yeah. Oh, the my God. Ballers. When we look at this and at any level of football that we're at, I think we could all sit here and agree of one thing. You can get those top-heavy teams, right, in a division mm. or in a league. Absolutely. Sooner or later – because of the popularity of the game, other teams come around that want to knock them off. So you mm-hmm. can only stay as king for so long when you start building teams that way. I think that when we um, look at what's going on right now, uh, from what I'm hearing, Woody, from you, is you know with you guys being spread out, you're not having that top-heavy uh, division like some others. So my question... Um, really would for you and for Nick because we're I'm looking at this thing as a you know going into it with new eyes um and since you've been in the league for so long how is the league how do you feel the league has changed since you've come into it knowing that there's so many more teams and and the the uh, talent of players is starting to to come up I mean I think it's for me like I said this is really what we dreamed about playing on those grass fields. Like we would literally get kicked off of a, a public field, have to drive 30 minutes to the East to go finish the game on another, like another yeah. field. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> it literally happened. <laughs> I'll never forget it, that we were playing a game on this nice turf field in union, got kicked off and had to drive like three towns over to go play in another park in Newark. Like it's, it, that's where we started at unpermitted fields, getting kicked off by, you know, park Rangers or whatever they are. And, you know, having to go and finish it somewhere else so seeing where this league is now is like mind-blowing to me you know what i'm saying just the fact that we have permanent fields we have like jerseys like i used to have to go for my team that i used to have the outlaws i used to have to deal with like these reps for these union like for these uniform makers and get the uniforms man get money in and to register and have your jerseys already you know there for you like this is you know what i'm saying so yeah this is sweet like 
we used to have to wait for Ryan to get the highlights and then cut the highlights together. Not a whole game film. There was no film study. It was literally just highlighted plays. And if you did something cool, you got a slow motion like on your, on your film. And, you know, all day people just harassing. As soon as the game is over, game ends at five and at seven o'clock, they're asking Nick, uh, they're not Nick, they're asking Ryan for the film. Like it's it, for the highlights. So seeing where this league has progressed into like a legitimate semi-pro like league it's like amazing and they're like any guy coming in any young guy coming in i'm like yo don't complain understand that this is amazing compared to what we had <laughs> like there's right. no other way to put it like, and like, we need those old heads telling everybody about that so because that helps us tremendously man you, you're absolutely right and i, I want to touch on two things you said ouch, Woody, old head though hold on real quick old head ouch but go ahead man <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, 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 that old head was actually a crack towards me, not you. <laughs> I got you. Okay, okay. Woody, let, let me just say plainly, I, you yeah. know, and Chris will vouch for my, my capabilities on a football field. I could not play this game, period. I am too broke down. My knee issues that I had, even when trying to play padded football, stopped me from being able to play certain positions a certain way. Like, if I wanted to play line i had to play the right side of the line because i had a bad left knee and i couldn't move left and stop the way i wanted to right like i got no meniscus no, no acl i got broken backs and dislocated shoulders and all the shit that comes with playing football i could not play in this league at this level when i was 30 period um, let me just let me just say that plainly what you guys do and what you're capable of and the talent level that's on that field is better than anything i've seen outside of d1 SEC, like the Power Five conferences and the NFL. Every semi-pro level, every arena, the arena football, the IFL, I don't believe their talent level across the board is as strong as our talent level across the board based on what I see and how I break down film. Oh, because so there can, is no hiding it. There is no masking. Like, exactly. This is literally – this. Right. You, I tell everyone on my team and anyone I get an earshot, you when you step into this league, you got to bring your technique. You got to bring your talent. The talent is going to get you, but so far, if you but you have terrible technique, you're going to get exposed out there. Like there's a reason why, I, and I, I I put a lot of it to you know luck and genetics at 33, and then I, I took time off when I lived in North Carolina. But even when I was playing full time in, in in Jersey, I never had any major injuries at five four. And like I said, I played both sides of the ball, and I've always played wide receiver. And anyone that's played with me knows I'm hyper aggressive out there. So, but it's because of my technique. I don't take this thing lightly. I wear my mouthpiece. I go out there and I form tackle and I try to have a conversation with everybody that steps in, no matter how young they are, how much older they are. Um, you got to play this game the right way. There's no other way, no ifs and buts about it. Like I'm really passionate about this league and, you know, our form of, of football because I see it for what it is. And it's a way that it's going to show talent and it's going to show technique, and it's that blending of both. And if you don't come every Sunday with both, you're going to get your ass whooped, plain and simple. So that's why, like, when people talk shit in the comments and everything that they do, like, if you come out there, you will get exposed, period. Because there's a yeah, lot of things yep. that you can yep, do. Absolutely. There's a lot of things you can do to mask it in padded football. Like you said, in these arena leagues, there's a lot of fluff and things that you can kind of take somebody who's not really that good and hide them there or put them there. Or like you said, for you – if you got a bad left leg, you can get put to the right. There is no doing that here in the right. A7FL. 
Like, 100%. it don't, it don't matter if you are dominant to your right, to your left. That's going to get exposed if your technique isn't 100%. So one of the other things you touched on, and I want to get your opinion on this. So I, I don't know if you've heard, but CP3 is leaving the BIC and going to go to the Gators and potentially play quarterback there. Brilliant. I, I One of the things that you <laughs> talked about already is how top heavy some of these teams are in other divisions. Florida's kind of spread evenly. Vegas is has been a little top heavy with the force. They probably had the, the strongest roster and total guys on the squad. One of the things I wanted to touch on, though, is that attrition that happens once guys win championships and realize that they weren't a major contributor but are still starter-level talent on a squad. So guys like CP3 leaving mm-hmm. BIC, guys like Mark Cooper leaving the Ghosts. Mm-hmm. And there's other people around the league that are in some of those positions that are talking about leaving. That's the other side of this that will eventually catch up to these championship teams as people start picking them apart and taking some of their depth they won't be able to compete at the same level all the time and as they get a little older now bic super young the u is not as they get a little older and they start to lose a half step or lose a step they're gonna have to replace that talent with new people too and then the playing field becomes a little more even the talent gets spread guys in Vegas and Florida and LA and Ohio have experience and got beat on a certain thing. And they're like, you know what? That won't happen to me again. I know what happened there. I saw the film. I'm good. Like Mm -hmm. there's a level of talent and awareness and attrition that is going to allow the, what we'll call the lower divisions now to start elevating themselves and compete at that level. Yeah. And it's, and it's not really lower divisions, it's newer divisions. I want to say that. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't see right. it as yeah. lower divisions for sure. It's just newer. And like you said, like you guys are just a little mm-hmm. bit behind the eight ball, but it's going to come down to, um, and I don't mind saying this on the podcast because, you know, this isn't really a secret secret. It's going to come down to the guys, how you buy it. Like my guys right now are itching for film study. They want to get out there on the field. I just feel like it's a little too early in the season to do so. So I'm kind of like holding my guys back from wanting to practice already, but my guys are dying to get on the field because they're locked in. Are you guys doing, a fall, are you guys I, doing I a fall season? No, we, we don't have a fall season. You got the money, bro? When you think about when you think about how how you get better in football, um, and you know, we used to do this as practice all the time. And yeah, it might not be the absolute best things to do and uh Derek I now that I'm hearing about all the uh, aches and pains you had damn man you're you're really your body's older than me um wait wait but, bro look yeah, you're yeah. always in better shape than me man uh, hey, look I'll, I'll say it plainly you were the better athlete I just was a better quarterback and we played well together yeah I would agree uh, but I mean yeah, it makes sense though I'd... yeah when we when we played it was one of those things where if you wanted to get better you had to do it on the field Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't have film study. Uh, yep. A lot of times we'd go and watch or stay and watch other teams play that we knew we were going to be playing against. So we had an idea of what to expect from them. But the overall, you know, when when um, we started looking at this thing and Derek had the idea to have the fall season, it made sense because how else can you acclimate players to a different style of football? Right. Unless they're going to actually go out there and play it. So I think that when you're, when you're saying that you're holding your guys back, Woody, I, I wouldn't um, get them out there and get them practicing. So that way they can get very comfortable with what they're doing. It's a team that understands 
how they're supposed to play that can beat a, a team that's been together for a while, but has good, has maybe even great athletes. But Chris, you're giving away our secrets, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> when you coach, can I speak when on you coach better, that's the way, that's when it brings that, that um, potential. Oh, thank you. And the, and the, and the, you know, your physical attributes together to make you a better squad. Case oh, you for sure. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And, and, Chris kind of touched on it just there. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit, kind of an aspect, at least that I've seen from, and I'm more of a, from a state fan standpoint, being that this was also kind of my first year involved in this and seeing this as well. But from what I've seen from watching film and looking up some past games, something the A7FL Nevada is seems to be getting overlooked at for, but is bringing to the A7FL is that dynamic of coaching like it's not just one team in the a7fl nevada that went hey you know what we're gonna have a coach it was all three teams had a coach to an extent and we saw that coaching play into the way the games were played um and i kind of wanted to get the guys from florida's opinions and even chris and you derek as well um do you think with that dynamic coming in through the a7fl nevada do you think that that's going to be the way that teams start to go when they see the success of a division like Nevada, who has a coach on every team and actually has that so-called coaching staff to help that it's not just all on the players to call their own plays and know what's going on, that they have a mind on the sideline that can say, Hey, look, this is what mm -hmm. I'm seeing. This is what we need to do. Do we think that that's going to be the way that the A7FL eventually goes when we're talking about going to a pro level and having these club teams, at least the pro levels are, are we thinking that they're going to have coaches? So, so um, I, ahead, I can Nick, say that. Um, so last season we actually implemented the use of coaches. Um, last season, the ghost had coach Crandall, um, Nightcrawlers, had coach Harris, uh, a team had Coach Micaiah. They didn't really use him. They pushed him off. And then, obviously, uh, O-Town wasn't around. But now O-Town this year has Dominic Lane as their coach. Nightcrawler still had Dewan Harris. Um, and uh, um, the Ghost, who who, who are you guys using? What do you, I was trying to find that out. Guys, um, uh, um, oh, um, I don't know. I don't have to let me know if you don't. Is it you? Okay, great. It's good to know. <laughs> but yeah, we have that. I, I think that is a way the A7FL is going to lean towards, you know, coaching staffs because, you know, every professional organization has a coaching staff, whether it's just to coach your players up at practice. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely has it, and it's definitely a part of the game. So I see um, coaches and a coaching staff being part of the future for the A7FL for sure. Yeah, and to be clear, it's not like we had any, like, brilliant idea to bring in coaches. The league said, no. hey, you need coaches. I said, right. okay, I'll hire coaches. And I don't know that right. they, they haven't required that of – Baltimore, I'm sorry, Maryland and New Jersey, because they already had established squads. They didn't need coaches. They, as an expansion division, told us when we bought in, here's how you're going to do it. Here's how you set it up. Hire a coach, get a quarterback, let them go recruit. So that's what we did. And it worked out well. I thank them. I thank them for telling me that. But yeah. I'll tell you exactly. guys. Yeah, you that's what I was saying. It worked. Story. When I decided I was going to buy into this league, I thought I was getting a team. And when they told me I was getting a division, I literally took my team coaching staff and split them up into what was going to be four teams and 
had them all head coach a specific team. And then I learned that one of my guys didn't have the bandwidth to coach a team. So they got together and became the GM and head coach of the force. So the team with two coaches won the whole thing. So the more coaching, the more winning. (laughs) (laughs) At least we got one year example to say that. (laughs) And I'll I'll even jump in and throw in a little bit of uh, stuff that Derek, I don't even think you knew, but we had the, uh, we had one team come up from California and I'm on the field when games are going on, making sure players are okay, making sure everything's going right. Um, So I had one of the team's uh, owners and the coach, their player coach walk over to me and we're talking uh, at halftime and literally asked me, what do you see? And I said, look, I'm, I'm not your coach. And, but gave them a a few little hints. Uh, They were able to score on the next drive from it. (laughs) Uh, And then it was right away. It was like, uh, can we get you as your, as our coach? And I said, no, you guys are in California. I live in Vegas. How are we going to do that? Well, there's always zoom. And I said, no, I I'm more hands-on than that. But I think that there is something to be said about, you know, somebody who's standing off to the sidelines, that's not caught up in the game and can give, um, you know, kind of direction for teams that, that need it. I mean, that, that's what a coach is, right? coach is giving you direction he's telling you the things that need to be done and the biggest part about it is he's not in the mix so he doesn't have to take a step back and say oh shit this is what's going on with my team um how am i going to make these changes he's already seen it and he's already he already knows the changes that need to be made and that can be uh driven into you guys on the sidelines and i think that it speaks volumes when you have a uh, a coach that has stepped outside of the gameplay because some some players and I'm sure you guys have seen it throughout your years of playing. When you have a player coach, sometimes that they, you know, players feel like that coach is taking advantage of his situation to put himself in to play. So it's better when right. it's once removed and you could have somebody that's just doing the sideline thing and also taking control of uh, practices. Yeah, but Woody, no, the, no shade on the player. Coach, I hope you add, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I hate no shade. Yeah, and, and my question was no way geared towards that. Oh, no, my, no, my, no, my no, question was no way geared towards the player coaches at all. It was more towards the, you know, from what I saw <laughs> and I watched some film and I do, I do remember seeing the, the coaching aspect on the side, but it seemed more to me anyway, from what I was seeing, they were more of the player coach role more often than not. Um, no, I, whereas I in Vegas, we saw more of the coaches yeah, themselves. Like- so yeah, and we you, and we shifted over. We shifted over to having a coach, like you said. We had Coach Crandall, who was a player uh, year one, and someone that the guys already knew. So that was it. Was kind of a seamless transition because he was one of the older players on the team too, um, older than myself, and he was someone that people looked up to anyway. You know, just having played the game of football, maybe not eighty seven, but playing the game of football for as long as he did. Um, and it, oh, shame on me. Uh, we got Jake on our team as well, who played up in Jersey. I forgot what team he played for as well. So we actually had almost as many um, four like guys that have already played in the league as um, as eighteen did. So that's part of why I feel like we had our success that we had the first season. Um, so to not be the super contrarian, um, everything you guys said was valid about player coaches. So that's why football, our game of football, is different from like a sport of basketball where like you know, you can have a player coach because in the flow of the game, you kind of see it better than a coach on the sideline. In football, you really do need those coaches and it, it really is important. 
And like you guys said, there are those pitfalls of those guys that take advantage of that, that, you know, they're the player coach, but they're also the quarterback, but they don't never, they'll have a terrible game, but they'll never bench themselves, you know, those kind of things. Or those guys that look out for their guys and like, oh, this is my buddy. So he gets more touches than the other guy. Um, Nick could tell you the championship game, I essentially benched myself to call plays in our championship game. Whereas like Coach uh, Crandall, that game, he was like, I'll, I'll focus more on the defense. You, you know, take the wheels of the offense. Um, I can call plays for myself all day. I know the game. I know the plays that will put myself in the best position, but I'll call those plays for Avery Harris or for um, uh, an Elijah, or I'll call those plays where Joey can take over the show. Like my guys or Todd or even Mark. I'll, well, Mark, when he was on our team, I will put those guys in those positions over myself. But that's a special case. I know there's a, that. That's not so, something that's commonplace. So, so great segue, and I'm going to jump in. So, I don't know how much you're listening to the Three on One podcast, but there's been a ton of talk from my boy Curry Hammond about OG Buck pulling himself from the game and putting Lenny Manziel in and giving themselves a chance to win at the end mm-hmm. of a couple games. Yeah. The fact that Woody, now we know that you did the very same thing, not because you thought your guys were better than you, but you needed to get some people in there so you could do a better job coaching. That speaks volumes to the type of football person you are versus, you know, keeping your pride of saying, you know what, I know I can do this. I'm staying in. No, I know I can step back and do a better job for my team from a coaching position than I can do on the field, even though I might be the best player on the field. Is that, oh, is that sure. a fair statement? That, that's exactly what it was and how I explained it to the guys. I, everyone on my team, they'll, they'll tell you, I always say I'm the number one receiver on this team. We've got great receivers. You know that, Nick. Like We've got guys like right. Avery Harris. We've got guys. We've had Mark Cooper, who's a dynamic player, can play almost every position on the field. But I always called myself the number one receiver. But I can check my ego at the door and do what's best for the team because at the end of the day, it's about the ghost. It's not about me. Like I can, Like I said, I can call every play I want in the book to put myself in the best position. And I'm really, really close with Joey Bate, our quarterback, but I'm not that kind of guy for sure. Well, Woody, right, so- I'll, I'll give you your props on that because I'll tell you what, the biggest thing that I see with some of these teams is um, the lack of leadership. And I think that that speaks volumes when a, um, a player coach can take and take himself out of the game because he knows he needs to coach his, his guys up a little bit more. That is uh something that I don't see a lot of young men able to step out or step up and do. So I'll give you your props for that, man. That, that is, uh, that is something that I think that if we saw more of, you'd see a lot more competition within these, within these games. And um, last but not least for me to say to you is uh, stop saying old. <laughs> no, but you know what it is. You know what it is? The, problem is the problem is, uh, so we, it's funny because the first game of the season, we tried to take a picture of everybody that was in their thirties and it was about maybe like six of us. And then you look at the rest of the team, like my roster was maybe like 17 guys. Everyone else is like mid to early 20s. So, of course, what is everyone calling me? Unk, old head, you know, grandpa, like all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm only 33. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in like some of the best shape of my life. Like the only difference is I got a little bit of a dad bod because I got three kids. But I still feel like if anything, that makes it better because I absorb some of these hits a lot better. <laughs> Might be still young it. enough to be my still young enough to be a, my um, my son. So, That's true. <laughs> so when they when they start doing fifty and over league, I'm in. Until then, <laughs> uh, well, Chris, let's be clear. I am not. Like I said to you guys plainly, I will not be playing a seven NFL football. I just don't have the body makeup to continue that. I, I you put me in the gym, and and we're going to compete at 
lifting and doing some of the stuff that doesn't require me to shift in certain directions, I'll whoop everybody on this podcast. But on the football field, I, about I, I, don't, I don't have the yet, Chris. Let's go. <laughs> the one, the yeah, one I, thing I got on you, bro, is, your, is legs. I know that already. So whenever you guys... <laughs> I was cheering you on into that last statement. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> hey, look when you come into Vegas, because when we can hit the gym together, I'm serious about this shit. <laughs> listen, listen. I'll, I'll, I'll concede anyway, there. With you. Listen, right, part, so, of, part of being a five foot four receiver is knowing your limits. I, I, you got me in the gym, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, one of the other things you touched on in a direction I want to take this, this show right now is. I would like to talk about Mark Cooper. There's been a ton of conversation about Rashad Davis and he was just on the the three on one. Chris, you heard the full show. I only heard part of it, but I wanted to touch on Mark Cooper. You talked about him being an extremely dynamic uh, player can play every position. What are the insomniacs getting in Mark Cooper from your perspective? I, 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 I can go for days. Um, I can say I, as a football player, I really, really respected him. We had great, I don't want to say like his past tense. I still do. Um, Losing him is like easily one of the biggest punches in the guts we had um, this off season for sure. Um, what they're getting is someone who truly is a selfless player. Like you want to talk about a guy that like anytime like, yo, Mark, go in at the end, Mark, go to safety, Mark, go play wide receiver, go to running back. Like this guy's guess coach, like not when well, he called me coach, even though I told him not to, but you know, and he'll just go in and do it. Like the guy is truly, um, like, I don't say, yeah, he's truly obsessed with this game. He loves this game and he does it the right way. He does it selflessly, but he does it all in, the, you know, and he'll tell you is in, in the name of God and the name of football. And those are two things that he, he takes very, very seriously. So for them to get that, not just player, but guy, that was just a very, very like great pickup for you guys. Like, I can't even like say enough. Like I don't, I can't say, I can't even pick a hole in this game. I'll say that honestly. And not just like, I'm not someone that just blows stuff, you know, smoke up people's ass. I can't find a hole in this game. I tried to, so I can try to help and build them up. But I was just like, how do you coach up a kid that like literally can do it all? Yeah. How do you teach Patrick Mahomes how to play quarterback? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's right. like feeling, it's feeling like being Patrick Mahomes quarterback coach. What the hell did right. I tell this kid? Right. Right. <laughs> All right. So a follow-up question to that. So there's been a lot of conversation about Florida ball and from a few different instances, and I'll say Rashad primarily that there was more of a desire to be a star than to be a team player. And, Mm -hmm. And by his words, that's just Florida ball. Now I've heard from Devon and Dom on the last podcast. And I think I'm hearing from you and Nick that that, might not actually be the case. So I want to hear from your perspective. What is the situation oh. with Florida ball when it comes to uh, guys showing out versus taking care of their team? What, what does that look like for you? There's a bit of both. Um, you're going to, I, I feel like that's kind of everywhere. I feel like if you go to, maybe you go out there in Vegas, there's going to be some guys that are super me, 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 showy, you know, showy, showy guys, but then you're going to have like those glue guys that are team players. So I, I hate to like be down the middle like that, but I mean, I just think it, 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 you have a split of both. And from the amount of Florida players that I've interacted with, like you, you get that down the middle. But showy, like out there, like there's not too many guys that go out there without nice gloves and nice cleats and like nine different accessories. It's really hard to find those kind of guys. So in that sense of wanting to be seen, I feel like, yes, that's the Florida style of ball. Wanting to be seen, wanting to be flashy. 
But as far as being just wanting to be the star and not caring about winning or only wanting your stats, I don't think that's truly not the Florida style of playing. Winning is the Florida style of playing for sure. But it's not, oh, it's I got my numbers, I'm good, or I got to be hero. I got to play hero ball and take on, you know, put the team on my back kind of thing. No. All right. So, and uh, last follow-up question. There was one guy who knew Mark Bagway on a, on a different level that said, that's just Mark. If there was more money on the line or he was getting a bigger paycheck for what he was doing, you would have saw a different yeah. player and they would have won that game. No question. Mm-hmm. Do you for feel sure. the same way about the rest of the guys in Florida that if there was more money on the line, they would, it would become more of a team aspect and they would, they would be more focused on, on the game. I unfortunately can't speak on Mark Bagway. I don't think I've said more than nine words to him. Okay. Um, so I, I can't speak on that. Um, and I wouldn't even want to assume a statement like that on somebody's character. Um, not even saying that's bad. You know what I'm saying? Because if that's the case, then that's the case. You're, you're entitled to that. Nick, do you have any input on that? I hate leaving off a, a, what I thought was a really good question with, with, uh, <laughs> with, with I no, respectfully decline, but I understand why you did, Woody, and I appreciate yeah, it. My, uh, I, I, you know, I yeah, my bad. You know, I just talk about no a man reason, I don't No know. reason to speculate about I something. Think, you know, um, I think that if things were better um, accommodation-wise, as well as, like what you're saying, if there was more cash, um, or, like, say guys got paid per game or something, you know, some guys would take it more serious rather than just look at the league as, like, fun. So, you know, there's always going to be those guys that um, love the game, stay true to the game no matter what, treat every game the same no matter what. Obviously, you're going to have those guys who, um, like you said, just, just want to win big. So, um, I'm not like, – like what Woody was saying, I'm not going to, you know, say anything about anybody. But um, if – my personal opinion, I think the Nightcrawlers, that game with Rare Breed, if there was more, like, benefit to them, they had – you know, I know it was going in there on everybody's mind. They had to travel back there the next week. You know how hard it was for Force to go back the following week after you guys played uh, – um in in jersey the week we would have had to do all that so i'm thinking you know everybody's minds are all on the same you know page of oh we like this again next week type thing maybe if it was for more money or you know um i could see them being like hell yeah let's just run the clock out we won this game let's get out of here but you know they wanted to have fun you know what i mean and you know football is fun so so that's just my opinion i'm not gonna no, that's so, cool. Yeah. That's cool. And I appreciate you guys. That was kind of a bit of a loaded question at the end. I didn't I didn't want to have you guys think you needed to badmouth our dude. I mean, no, no, people, no. people are so looking I, at him I, like he is the number one player in the league at, based on talent. And dude, I don't I've, think anybody I, can take I, that away from him. I witnessed this man literally play receiver, quarterback, cornerback. He plays both sides of the ball all game long. Like all the dude long. is a stud, bro. Yeah, like, he is. He is. Like, if you're looking for a footballer, that man is a footballer. And um, hopefully, I will, got I will good say this as, as someone who had to play against him, he is as advertised. I, I feel like the okay. way that he's getting his attention and the, 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 the smoke they're blowing up his ass, the, like, not, I can't find a better phrase right now. It's, it's, it's justified, it's legitimate. So, like, I'm someone that's like one of those, oh no, I need to see this up close playing and like 
watching my, you know, defense, some of my like really good defensive players having a hard time with this guy and some of the other guys out there like um, Queese and Henderson, I'm like, yo, these guys, they're as advertised. So, I mean, we're in the lab, we're working on game plans and, you know, dissecting film. Obviously, we're not going to sit there and say he's perfect, but the guy is absolute. You know, he's he's as advertised. I'll I'll say that. Well, I mean, right. so, can I ask ahead, a question Chris. that maybe it's been asked before and, and answered already? But obviously, with me joining the podcast for the first time tonight, I kind of want to know what brought Mark and Rashad to Vegas from. I have Florida. no idea. I have no idea. You'd have to ask them that question. Yeah. Um, no well, we, I can tell you what Rashad said, I mean, and it's yeah. it, it's public information at this point. He said he did not like how disjointed and not about their business that Florida ball that Florida ball was. That's where most of this conversation is coming from. From Rashad's statements yeah. when he was trying when he was trying to come to Vegas, he's like, "I love what you guys are doing. I love the organization. I, I'm mm. I'm going to come there and transform a franchise." He reached out to me specifically and said, "I want to come there and be." the franchise player for a team have your coaches call me so i told every coach in our chat this guy's interested in coming and leave it to you if you want to reach out to him and got and donnie Boonek, god rest his soul made that call immediately and said come and bring everybody you can i'll put you up let's go so that's how that came together chris well i mean that that, that kind of makes me um when we start to talk about and how we've been how this whole thing started off you know about <clears throat> The shade being thrown at Vegas. I mean, you've got two guys that seem to be pretty good players wanting to come out here and, and ball out here in Vegas. Yeah. It kind of yeah. makes you, you know, you got to scratch your head just a little bit and say, okay, what is the difference? What is Vegas got that is bringing these players here? That was kind well, of my intention say, and, and kind I of a loaded say, question. So, oh, no, I can, I can that, answer that to it. I can answer that to that. Um, there's there's things that Florida players have seen that um, maybe from some of your posts or the things that you guys um, have say that you're going to offer your players. And um, I believe you guys will follow through on your words um, that we don't have like something simple as like travel accommodation to the games. Like you guys said, you're going to, you know, bust your players from games. That's something that we don't have. Guys have to pay their own gas money, carpool together, do things like that. Things like that, like like to an extent of what Rashad said some of the organization that you guys have on a level on a um, management so, as far as team function, not this, no, hold on, Nick, not the, not the crap on you. I'm just saying, these are the things that my guys have seen and then say, Oh, well, Vegas has this. Why don't we have it? And I have right. to explain to them it's different between division owners and whatever their budget or X, Y, and Z may be. Those are things that are above me. I say the only thing I can speak on is from the ghost and what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and get our guys to and from games. We're going to try and get a team bus, um, see if we can work something with Enterprise or something, some low budget, maybe a low budget rental car, car company and get us a bus. So every Sunday we got a ride. So we meet up yep. somewhere and we'll get a ride. Something simple as that. But things like that, is, that's just an example. There's other things that they've seen that you guys are advertising for your players that they're looking at and saying, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> kind of well, okay. You know what? So let's, uh, no, let's take uh, that. Let's take that as a perfect position too for what you're saying as far as rental cars and and things of that nature. One of the things that popped in my mind, to my mind when even when Derek was talking about it and having rental cars or or vans or whatnot, you know, there's a there's a thing that you can put together and 
you know, go after a national or some other car rental company where you're saying, hey, look, we're putting A7FL is, is, a, is a league across the country. How about bringing a sponsorship to the league so that way we yep. can get our players where they need to be? Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that it's just one of those things. You know, I think that um, the more I dive into the A7FL as a whole, the more I see what what Vegas is doing and what D, what Derek is doing. And I'm not just saying this because he's my boy, but I'm saying it because I really think he has a vision for mm-hmm. seeing what's going on with the league and what this league could possibly be. Well, and, so that's, like it, let's oh, it's I stepped on my own dick like 10 times before I figured shit out. So it's trial and error. <laughs> and and so when was... you do, do it once and it didn't work out the way you wanted to, you step you if you're smart, you take a step back and say, okay, how can we make this better? So that's all that's all I've been doing. But go ahead, buddy. I'm going to add, um, you guys got to remember though. So, you know, you guys obviously own the division there in Nevada where here in Florida, there's no division owner, you know, it's a seven FL running this thing. So mm-hmm. that's going to be the reason why you guys kind of accommodate your players like the way you can, because you guys, you know, you guys make the decisions, you know, you guys make the power moves, whereas it's me here asking for, for permission. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's just the big difference there. And Nick knows um, I give I Nick I give Nick a hard time when we when we're dealing with things, but I always explain to my players like everyone that wants to crap on Nick I I get a lot of brunt for always being a Nick defender or apologist as they say, whereas he's looked at as like, you know he's like oh well he's the commissioner he should but it's like he doesn't own the division so I try to explain that to my guys and I mean. So I will give Nick that credit, but you know Nick knows I give him a hard time. I give him shit whenever it's something, just because. Yeah, somebody's got just just a quick question, just because because you brought that up. So Nick, you're the commissioner of the league down in Florida. Correct. So I think what we need to do, because me being the the commissioner of our division here in Vegas, I think some of the things that we need to do is start talking to one another too, because I think that when, you know, we're we're talking about this as a as a football league right we're talking about going places with this and and you know competition is one thing but when you start branching off and doing other things i think that it is one of those that there needs to be a time when commissioners even get together talk about what's going on in their own divisions and having an understanding of what's working in one area compared to another and really making um making this bigger than than it is now and having an understanding right. of how each division is run. That's, those are, those are things that should be, yeah. that should be talked about. It shouldn't be hidden. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. Let me I think, ideas. I think, well, see, Nick. I think, I think something simple as like, I wanted to, I brought this up to you, Nick, the first time um, last season, our first season, when they wanted, everyone wanted to go up and play in the final four. I said, why aren't we playing one of the newer expansion teams? And I said it last year too. I said, why is it that we're not playing? Well, the first year I said, why aren't we playing LA? Why are we going straight to playing it in Final Four? Instead of our two expansion teams playing the two top teams in the Northeast, why aren't we playing each other? Why aren't we playing maybe a lower seeded team? Like, I think we were supposed to play the New Jersey Hawks. I said, why aren't we playing against the New Jersey Hawks? Why aren't we cross gaming? Like, you know what I'm saying? Having cross town, across state games that way when some of the lower, you know, lower ranked teams why are we going right against the juggernauts right, right off the bat so i'll ask you guys this question as like you know maybe even to put that out with you guys having 12 you know eight in in your in vegas and you said four in reno 
is there plans? I guess I have a two part question. Is there plans for like an all-star game and what would be your feelings on maybe a Nevada all-star game, a Nevada versus Florida all-star game? Well, first of all, it's Nevada. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna get all the time. Next, I get next time we play against Flo Rida. <laughs> that's, that's, that's you know what? That's 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 all my fault. My fault. No, I get all the time. My brother gets me all the time, and that's shame on me. My fault. Yeah, no, no sweat at all. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because you probably have not heard me shouting to the rooftops out of Vegas what we're trying to bring together for Pro Bowl weekend in in, in Vegas. So we have put together a platform to bring an all-star team from each division to Las Vegas to play in a weekend tournament Pro Bowl weekend. Like NFL We're, Pro Bowl? The NFL Pro Bowl weekend. So the, the yeah. February 5th, February 4th and 5th. Mm-hmm. So February 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th would be mm-hmm. th- would be Friday through Sunday. Yeah. So I, I would recommend everybody ask for those days off now if you feel like you're an all-star from your division because we're just looking for a $350,000 sponsor that's going to potentially drop money on this, take the TV rights to it, publish it the right way, and get everybody flown to Vegas, put up in hotel rooms in Laughlin, Laughlin, and play the game at the Anderson Automotive Arena indoors in front of 5,000 fans and have an absolute fucking amazing time and blow the A7FL out the door and have everybody see who we really are as a league. Let's go. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that's an amazing idea. That's well, my first that, time hearing it. I think that's great. Yep. That's my brainchild. If you know anybody with a quarter mil, give, have them give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I got that. Oh, no, I left it in my other suit. Right, right. I think we're on the so call. I promise, Nick, we were looking at 90 minutes, and so we've been on for 92. So I'm going to, unfortunately, even though we're having so much fun tonight, say – Guys, I really appreciate you being on. And before you go, I want to give you the opportunity to get your message out. Uh, Woody, you didn't mention your podcast, and I want to give you the opportunity to mention that now and give whatever other message out you want to get to potential players in Florida, people around the area, whatever fans, whatever it is you want to say. The floor oh, is yours, sure. my man. Appreciate that. Um, so my podcast is A7FL. Florida, I'll say specific. I, I created it. It's called the Parlay. Um, it's on Spotify primarily. Um, it's I use it as a platform to give every player in Florida a voice because I feel like a lot of us felt like we were voiceless. We didn't really have our own platform or a way to kind of like speak up and you know get their get your story out or just sit up and just like the word is Parlay. Just have a little conversation about football. As you guys can see, I could talk about football all day and tomorrow. I could do it. You know, I could do this in my sleep, honestly, especially this brand of game, this brand of football being had. I've done it for so long. Um, so that's what the parlay is. Um, it's available on Spotify. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I am going to have a new iteration of it where it's not just me having a conversation with someone. Um, our quarterback of the Orlando Ghost, Joey Bate, is going to join me as my co-host. Um, so where we can just have conversations amongst ourselves as if we don't have a guest, so it's not just so uh, guest heavy. Um, so that's my brainchild. That's my baby. Um, absolutely love it. Um, and my and my message that I would give out to any potential player of the A7FL, like I said before, um, this brand of football is unlike any other. Um, I You just need to get out and do it. There's no other way. You can think about, oh, what if I get hurt? What if this, what if that? As long as you play this game right, you tackle with form, you bring your technique, 
you will, you'll, your athleticism and your talent will shine. You'll be able to build yourself as a player. I've seen guys that start off as absolute scrubs and be able to build themselves up because they're constantly working on technique and, and things properly. You're not just lunging at guys with your shoulders. You're not just out there head hunting. You're actually out there properly form tackling, attacking the hips, driving through, wrapping your arms. Because like, if you don't, you will just get exposed. There's no other way to put it. So that's my message to anybody that wants to play. Just try it. Just go out there. Just try it. Get your equipment. Wear your mouthpiece, and, and come out there with an open mind and and come play. Right. And Woody, thank you for not saying just do it. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I, I was wearing Adidas all last year. I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> thank you, Woody. Nick, Nick, the floor is yours. Same thing. Anything messaging you want to get out? Any air you want to clear? This is the platform. This is the time. Get your message out. Uh, I just want to say that thank you to everybody, you know, who participates in the A7FL first and foremost. Um, we have a big season coming up. We have a lot of changes. You know, we'll have some new looks to some uniforms. Um, we're going to have a new production crew. Um, so, you know, big changes. I'm working with um, it's a little name drop here. Uh, he works directly with Kodak Black, and he's going to be the one producing our games and getting them pretty much integrated with the commentators up in the booth in New Jersey. So our games are going to be actually fed live into the live games next season. So that's uh, something really cool to look forward to. Um, and then, you know, um, I have this A7FL uh, combine coming up December 4th. Uh, we'll 1v1 challenge for a cash prize to the winner. Um, so that's going to be fun. And I hope uh, to see all, all the – people who you know want to participate come have fun have a good day there and you know just like let's let's get it for next season it's gonna be a good one uh, so nick i i when we're done maybe not tonight because it's late there uh i'd like to connect with you on your broadcast and your 1v1s just to see how you're pulling both of those together and give me some insight on how we did some of the things out here there's a couple moving parts that you don't think about until you get out there and try to do it. And it's a little weird, but I love what you guys are doing down there. And I am going to hook you up with uh, the Jacksonville Sharks and the, uh, I'm not sure what, what uh, Alton Walker's team name is yet for his AIFA franchise, but they have been looking at a seven FL guys as people that they want to bring into the NAL and the AIFA to, bolster their rosters and they're looking at all the guys in a7fl florida to do that so we're, we're making moves awesome. for you guys out here that you don't even know about so once, once th that whole thing gets solidified i'll give you that information and then we'll, we'll rock that together sweet yeah Just hit me up you got my number of course oh, absolutely so chris uh great job tonight my man I, I would love to hear your uh parting gifts or anything that you'd like to get out and and tell everybody I think that, um, you know, just like me, I'm a huge football fan, obviously played for years, but I think everybody needs to come out and check this out. And I think that um, the A7FL is something that uh, people would be um, really happy to see. And, and uh, it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, I, I've had some people come out and watch our games and they're blown away. So, you know, this is, this is tip of the iceberg stuff that we're going through right now. And, and um, as the season progresses for next season, I can't wait to see what comes out. I think that uh, we're just at the uh, just at the beginning, but you know, with every 
long journey. There's that first step that needs to be taken. It was taken last year. And uh, D, you know, always got your back. So whatever comes next, I'm there with you, bro. Well, well, with that, uh, before uh, I have Casey give his parting shots and take us off the air like he always does, Chris, I just want to publicly thank you for everything that you've done and helping me grow the Vegas division. You've been an absolute godsend. You've been as close of a friend throughout our time together playing football that anyone could ever ask for. And the fact that you wanted to help me with this is just, it's exactly what I needed. So thank you very much. Uh, Woody, thank you for being on the show. I, I love that we had what I would call beef and drama on Facebook and it turned into what I would call a mad respect for you. And I'm hoping you got some respect for us from what we went through tonight. I'm really looking forward to keeping an eye on you guys next season. And I just want to extend to you, when you come to Vegas, please hit me up. Dinner on me. Me, me and your brother will go out, let you meet my wife. We'll get some of the other players around me. We'll have a night out all together. But I'm all about growing this league. I, I, selfishly, I'm a part owner, but mostly I love the opportunity we're giving to young men to have an opportunity to play football outside of the – basic constructs of the NFL, USFL, XFL, IFL, NAL. Guys that can't necessarily get on those rosters because it's a boys club and you got to have the right people, the right agent. This league is giving people the opportunity to shine their talent and get looks from those bigger leagues until we get the money we need to, so that we are positioned as one of those bigger leagues. So I want to thank you, Woody, for all of your efforts and amplifying and seeing seeing enough about what you're seeing in Florida to create your own podcast so you guys had an opportunity to get to get seen and heard that's the only reason we started this other side of the ball podcast I was tired of the east coast and I don't, I'm not lumping you guys in with the east coast even though you are east coast talking about everything that was just in their backyard and not really talking about people outside of it the mm. and, and I like to talk shit to them about it, but at the same time, it's all about elevating our platform at, for the entire A7FL with you having your podcast. And I, I hope that y your conversation with Matt Ryan has maybe we can start promoting your pod as well. I think it's going to be big for all of us. And then finally, Nick, again, I want to publicly thank you for everything you did for me when I was in Orlando, when we were at the championships, you literally made it so much easier for me when I got there. We had an opportunity to advertise A7FL and I think rose the awareness out in Florida for you guys that, that day. It didn't really do much for the Vegas division, but I got to see how fans that didn't know who we were reacted to seeing our clips for the very first time live, and it was sweet. So every time I go anywhere, I bring a TV. I, I, I use Nick's idea. I bring a TV. I put the sizzle reel going and just let it play and have people walk by and go, what am I looking at? So, Nick, you're the man, dude. Uh, I don't care what anybody says about Woody being a Nick defender. They need to defend Nick. You're, you're doing everything right out there that you possibly can, and you'll always be Nick Alimo to me. Uh, no problem. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Casey, what you got, buddy? Yes, sir. Hey, man. I want to thank everybody for being on this podcast tonight. I am so excited about the upcoming season and all the talent we are going to see in the A7FL. Um, I'm excited to grow this thing watch this thing get even bigger and better than it already is um the more eyes we get on it the bigger the better we're gonna get so i'm just excited for that 
Well, I, I want to say thank you to everybody for being on tonight. Chris, you were a fantastic addition to the show. I hope you are still Absolutely. interested in continuing on with us on a weekly basis because I'll tell you, we love, we would to, love have. to have you. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to have any you. Any Wednesday that I can join, you know, I'll be here. You know, I travel some, t- some for work, but when I'm here, man, I'm all yours on Wednesdays because this so, was a shitload of fun. Well, Zoom travels, so we got you. <laughs> thank you thank you for catching me slipping i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) all right casey with that take us out brother all right well until next time guys i am casey cox the host of the show he is Derek duncan and until next time we will see you on the other side of the ball